Good morning, Mosaic. It is really, really good to see all of you here this morning. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I, love, I love standing at the back as everyone filters in on a Sunday morning, and I just give thanks at just the incredible people um, who call this their church home. Uh, I see so many of you out just bringing your gift to the world in the place that you live, um, in all the spaces that you fill up all week long. And man, as I watch all of you filter in here on a Sunday morning, I just well up with thanksgiving um, at just all that you guys are about out there in the world, um, fulfilling the calling that God has given to you. And uh, some of you, I know, you're struggling in that calling. You're like, I don't even know what that calling is. I feel lost right now. Um, But you're sticking with it. You're persevering. Um, You keep showing up here. And we have the opportunity to sing words of life over each other, right? Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. Um, The opportunity to, to pray words of life over each other the opportunity to just remind each other um, that Jesus is in our midst, uh, leading us forward. So as we move forward this morning, guys, I want my hope for us this morning, my hope for us is that we would begin to really know in a very tangible way all that Jesus is calling us to be as a local of expression of a church mosaic here in Lincoln during this next season. Uh, I started pastoring here one year ago. It was October last year. Man, a year. Wow. You look back at a year and you're like, that was fast. Um, And and, just so you guys know, like, as I've gone through my life, um, I've realized sometimes when you step into environments, like, just don't don't hit the accelerator too fast right away. Um, it's been a joy just getting to know so many of you, um, seeing just all that you are, the beauty that you bring to this community. Um, and, and I hope in some way that you're beginning to hopefully trust me. I've, I've loved getting to know you and trusting you. And now we're in that phase where now it really kind of gets real because Aaron Loy, who started Mosaic, left a couple of years ago. Bill Radke, who acted as the interim, is now leaving in a couple of weeks. And so it's just you and me. Oh, boy. Um, Wow, this could get really scary, maybe. No, no. Um, This is an exciting time because the the directional team and I, um, we have really enjoyed just kind of stopping and pausing and asking the question, Jesus, what do you have for us as a local church as we move into this next chapter before us? Um, we trust that you're here at Mosaic um, because you are drawn to Jesus in, in very um, in, in ways maybe that are hard to bring words to, but hopefully you can bring some words to them. I was just talking to Kirk at the back. I said, why is it that I'm so drawn to Jesus? And... Uh, for me, personally, there's this, this reality that I don't have to hide anything um, when I approach Jesus. Um, I don't have to pretend in any kind of way. Um, I can just bring who I am at that moment. 
And there is a place for me at the table. And there is a place to experience restoration and healing and all of that. Um, And so we trust for you that you can in some way bring words to why is it? Why is it that you keep experiencing yourself being drawn to Jesus? Um, Mosaic, he is present with us here um, in our community, leading us forward. And so what, what in particular is he leading us forward in? We, we can't be everything under the sun. We're not going to try to be everything under the sun. That would be impossible. Um, in, in fact, if anything, what are the few things that we feel that Jesus is calling us to really focus in on and say, this is, this is what we're called to be in this next season? Now, before we get there, and and we have flyers on your seats this morning. Did you see that? Flyers. Whoa. Um, We're not even going to put it up on the screens. We're like, this morning's material is flyer worthy uh, because we want you to be able to take this with you and hold on to it and and kind of sit with it and and let it digest. But before um, you turn there, before you you put all of your focus on those flyers, this morning in particular, I want to just start and and walk us through a, a few pictures, snapshots of Jesus at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, um, as we um, look at Jesus showing up on the scene, God doing his work through his people, um, what is God like? Jesus is going to show us what God is like. God moves into the neighborhood. He takes on human flesh. Um, he shares in our humanity. And so these, these Gospel writers are giving us very clear pictures of what God looks like. Um, and at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is engaged in what we'll call these, these rhythms that have become a part of his life. And in particular, in chapter 1, verse 35, if you have your Bible, you want to turn there, feel free. If you don't, just listen. Just listen. But at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That word there, solitary, could also be um, translated a deserted place. A deserted place. And so Jesus waking up very early, leaving the house, going to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And what I love about this passage, when we first encounter Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, doesn't that describe the tension that many of us feel? Like life is just placing incredible demands on us, right? This situation, this, this person, these people, they need you. You need to perform. You need to come through. And we feel that tension all the time. But then there's this part of us on the inside that's just, I just need to get away to a quiet place, to a solitary place, to a deserted place. Because I don't feel like I have what it takes to bring this right now. So, so Jesus identifies with that. And I think the first rhythm that Jesus wants to show us here is this. None of us, guys... None of us individually or corporately, none of us hold the world together. None of us have to fix the world today or tomorrow or this week or next week. Um, Okay, so the first thing Jesus does is there was a phrase some some friends of mine and I, we began to use back when I was in New Jersey. And, you know, in in church culture, a lot of times, um, kind of this idea of like, we got to go make a difference. We're going to leave our footprint. And as you listen to churches talk, you got the sense that they were living with what we began to call a sense of impact idolatry. That, that 
we have to feel like we're making an impact somehow, and other people need to know that. And that can easily become an idol. And, and as it becomes an idol, we find ourselves in situations less and less where we're actually in these solitary, deserted places where God can remind us individually and corporately, you don't have to fix the world today. You don't have to um, make a name for yourself here in Lincoln. You just need to be ready to receive the grace that, that I'm going to extend to you. And if we start there, everything else will flow. So, Jesus then begins, and he responds, and he says, okay, verse 38, let us go somewhere else to nearby villages. So let's go. So Jesus starts, um, starts moving, and the next picture we get, a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And the text tells us that Jesus was indignant. Now, that's what some manuscripts say. Jesus was indignant. Why, why did Jesus have this edge about him? Was he upset because the man wanted healing? Um, some early manuscripts also use the phrase that Jesus was filled with compassion. Well, which one was it? Was Jesus indignant or was he filled with compassion? And so as a lot of people have wrestled with this text, they've wrestled with the sense that Jesus was most likely indignant that this man was still isolated, hasn't experienced any kind of healing from the community of God's people around, but Jesus then was the one filled with compassion. So if Jesus is is indignant, he's indignant that his people aren't doing anything to enfold this man into the community and bring wholeness and healing into his life. And so Jesus then begins to feel compassion. So that's why those manuscript differences will be there. Some say Jesus was indignant. Some say Jesus was, was filled with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, Mosaic, this is what I want to propose to us this morning. That that is the beginning of the gospel of the good news of God right there. That Jesus is willing to extend his hand and touch the brokenness, the shame, Everything about this man and his story that cut him off from wholeness as an individual, but also that cut him off from experiencing wholeness in the community around him. And and a lot of us, maybe that's why we find ourselves drawn to Jesus. That's why we're here this morning, because we realize that we can come to Jesus. And Jesus offers this hospitality where whatever level of shame that we have, Whatever way that deep down inside we live with regrets, whatever it is that we're hiding, whatever we're disappointed in about us, wherever we feel like we fall short, Jesus reaches out and he touches that. And that's the good news of God, Mosaic. That's good news. So Jesus begins to listen with compassion to the needs around him. And he extends hospitality in a very tangible way that hasn't been extended from God's people. In chapter 2, Jesus begins, and and he's still, he's moving on, he's doing all kinds of things. Once again, chapter 2, verse 13, once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, 
culturally, there, there is like, this is a big moment. The social norms of the day are being thrown up in the air. Jesus is eating with a tax collector and a sinner. Jesus is eating with someone who the culture would have said, shame that person. Now, Jesus doesn't want Levi to stay where he's at, but Jesus steps in and shares this meal with Levi because right there in somehow bringing that possibility together of the presence of Jesus being with this one who was just misusing his power and taking advantage of people, and Jesus is going to call him to something more. But first, Jesus is going to share a meal with him. And while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? So here's Jesus engaging in this this unique rhythm of eating, having this close proximity um, with these tax collectors and sinners. Chapter 3, verse 1, another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath because there were these religious expectations of the day. And the religious leaders of the day said, you can't heal on a Sabbath, right? They kind of set up all of these kind of tight rules and regulations. And if you want to fit in, if you want to be a part of the in crowd, this is how you need to act. And Jesus steps into this, and so they they want to pin him. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Boom. But they remained silent. Um, Jesus, who just had this wisdom, and, uh, and Jesus heals the man. He breaks right through the religious expectations of the day. And then, um, and then what happens, the very next thing is Jesus um, withdraws from the crowd and Jesus appoints his 12 disciples to go. So do you notice what Mark is, what Mark is doing is Mark is laying out for us these rhythms of Jesus' life, where the, the rhythm that begins with Jesus is this rhythm of rest. Even Jesus, God in the flesh, sharing in our, in our humanity, is reminding us that he doesn't have to fix the world at all times. In fact, the place where he begins is, is from that place of rest, receiving his Father's grace. And then from there, he goes out to extend it. He's listening to the needs of those around him. He's sharing tables with those that Religious people didn't share tables with. He's blessing people and he's breaking through kind of the religious expectations of the day. And then Jesus says, I'm going to appoint the 12 of you now. Come on, let's do this together. Come follow me. So Mosaic as a directional team is we've been wrestling together with what is Jesus calling us into as a church in this season of our life as we're moving into year eight of of this local church known as Mosaic, we believe that this pattern right here and these rhythms that Jesus' life is showing us are the very rhythms that we are being called into as a local church. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to invite, I invite you to, to grab this handout right here. And let's just begin to walk through this together. 
um, one of the first things that, that any civilization does, that any community does as it begins to move forward in some new tangible ways is there has to be a shared language, um, a common language that we all share and say, we want to, to the best of our ability, embody this and become this. And so we, we started this off by saying, who are we? Who are we here at Mosaic? Because knowing who we are is essential before we get busy doing things. Because, man, we can be doing all kinds of things under the sun, right? There's all kinds of things we could do as a church. But let's just ask the question first, before we start doing those things, who are we? And as a directional team, we very much got this sense that Jesus was speaking to us and saying, Mosaic, you are a community following Jesus in practicing these rhythms of grace. These same rhythms that, that Mark so eloquently laid out for us that we see in Jesus, and then Jesus appointing his 12 to go and do the same thing. That that's who we are. We're to be that community. And, and let's just stop with that word first, community. Um, seven and a half billion people in the world, well on our way to eight billion people. Um, God did not call um, individuals to remain individuals. God called us as individuals to be a part of a community, to be a part of a family. This is, again, it's why we keep showing up week after week. We keep speaking life into each other. We don't do this alone, right? None of us, none of us have to fix whatever is going on around us on our own. We do this t- together, community following Jesus and practicing these rhythms. Guys, these, these practices that we want to practice together, and we use the word practicing. Practicing doesn't mean that you do it perfect right away, right? I mean, how many of you, you know, you, you remember whatever it was when you were a kid, you started playing that instrument, you started playing that sport. When you first stepped into it and you were practicing, it got ugly, right? I remember, I was just telling Darren Clayman earlier today, we were talking about being in the band, and I remember playing the saxophone as a kid. I think it was in fifth grade when I got my saxophone. It's not a pretty sound that comes out of that thing when you start practicing, Right? I mean, that, that wind instrument, it is, it is quite ugly, the sound that comes out of there, the squeaks and everything else. But you practice it, you practice it, and you get better at it, you get better at it. So practicing these rhythms of grace, it's going to be a little sloppy at first, right? We might find ourselves, like, actually leaning into something and saying, man, I'm, I don't know, I'm just going to lean in and, like, share a table with this person who feels so other than me, who, who feels like someone I, I typically wouldn't share a table with, and, oh, it feels so awkward, but I'm going to lean into it and do it. You know, we get better at it. We keep practicing and practicing. Um, and, and these practices, these rhythms of grace, you see the circles here at the bottom, right? These, these practices, mosaic, let me say this. Only shared practices, only shared practices will transform us and transform the world, okay? Shared hype will not do it. Shared hype will not sustain us as a local church. Shared hype will provide a buzz to a certain extent. And it will kind of maybe, you know, bring a little smile and tingly feeling to our body, but shared hype will never sustain a local church. And there's a lot of churches that strive very hard and a lot of close personal friends who I've had leading some of these churches, and I've watched them burn out because to try to keep that hype going season after season after season, it burns you out. You can't do it. Shared hype will never transform us, will never transform the world, will never sustain us. On the other hand, shared dogma or shared group think, 
will never sustain us. It will never transform the world. It will never transform us. Only shared practices will, Mosaic. This is why Jesus invited us into these practices. This is why through his lifestyle, he displayed something so drastically different than what the religious culture around was showing. Engaging in these shared practices together, Jesus is present in the midst of these, and Jesus is doing good work in the midst of these things. And so that that then leads us to this next sentence that's on here. We exist, Mosaic. We are a community following Jesus and practicing rhythms of grace, but we exist to come together because, again, this is that communal feel. We come together as a people, and here's a word that you don't hear in the English language every day, unencumbered. Whoa, let's give it a hand for the word unencumbered, right? Now, we wrestled with, do we leave that word in here or not? You know, like that that word doesn't sell in most mission statements, Um, but we're not out to sell anything. But we believe, guys, that we are not going to be encumbered by cultural and religious expectations of our time. We're not going to play those games. We're not going to get up and we're not going to get caught up in all the culture wars. We're not going to get caught up in all of the cultural trends and trying to create hype. We're not going to try to pay attention to all the religious expectations of what others say about Mosaic. Oh, you guys focus too much on grace. Yeah, all those shared practices. But what do you really believe about this? Well, we believe Jesus is Lord, and we'll get to that later. We believe that Jesus is Lord, and Jesus is calling us into these shared practices, and we don't want to be encumbered in any kind of way by cultural or religious expectations of the day. We're going to free ourselves up to walk lightly with each other and to walk lightly with the world around us. Instead, instead, we will focus on receiving and extending the grace of God. We gather here each and every week. We come together in order to receive the grace of God through the songs that we sing over each other, through the words that we speak to one another, through these elements that we come to here at the table. And we believe that in some mysterious way, the presence of Jesus is with us here at these tables. We're receiving the grace of God so that we can step back out and engage in these rhythms that Jesus so eloquently modeled for us, and then extend the grace of God to people that we meet along the way. Mosaic, this is why we exist. We hope. We hope by existing in this kind of way in the world to cultivate safe spaces within our church family, our neighborhoods, and our shared networks, where people can lean into each other's stories and experience the restoration of Jesus together. Safe spaces where people don't have to pretend, people don't have to fit some religious expectation, you don't have to believe all the right things before you can belong, but you can come and belong here, and we'll trust that the presence of Jesus and the Spirit of Jesus as we interact with the Scriptures together and as we interact with the Spirit in our midst, we'll trust that Jesus' presence in the Spirit of God and in the presence of the Scriptures, like those beliefs will come. We'll be led to the right places. But first, this is a place where people can belong and experience safety where people can know you're welcome here with your questions, your doubts, the things that you're wrestling with. And as we wrestle with Jesus' presence with us in the Scriptures together, restoration will take place. Healing will take place, right? 
This, this man who had leprosy that Jesus, what Jesus does, is remember, is Jesus reaches out and touches this man. Mark is telling us something here at the beginning of his gospel. This is where the good news of God starts. That, that God is willing to touch each and every person who maybe the religious culture or the, just the overall cultural, culture in general is saying, this person doesn't have a place here. But God is saying, no, this person does have a place here. This person has worth. This person has value. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring healing and wholeness and restoration to this person's life. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst, right? This is this idea that, that every time that you go and step into an environment around you and you realize, like, I think I can extend blessing to this person. I think I can listen to this person's story. Like, the presence of Jesus is there doing work in the midst of that practice that you're doing. So that's what we hope to be about. And we have, because you always need a word and, right? There's always more. We can't leave this out. And as we go, we will listen, learn, and recognize what God's Spirit is doing among us, living out our shared and individual callings one step at a time. Again, this kind of leads us away from a group think. My, my goal as, as a called leader, pastor here, and each and every person who's on the directional team, our goal is not to create some type of group think here at Mosaic. We want you to know that in the midst of our community here, we always want to be mutually submitting one to another. And so what I'm doing now is I'm submitting to you, this is what the directional team has shared with you at this moment, that this is what God is calling us into. But we always want the door to be open that you, in the midst of living out your individual calling, and as you then bring that here, as you're a part of this community, that you can always feel free to submit to us. Guys, I submit to you, directional team, that I feel God is speaking to me in this way. And together we work that out. We want this to be a community where together um, we are always aware that God's Spirit is continually leading us into new things. But for now, but for now, this is what we're called to do. Now, this is what I want you to notice. There's a heavy emphasis here. There's a heavy emphasis here on us engaging in these shared practices together, individually and communally. We live in a time, Mosaic, we live in a time where the church in America has tremendous amounts of resources, programs, people, hype, doctrine, all of it. But yet the fabric of our society seems to be falling apart. So we have to be willing to accept this, that we live in a day and age where we have all kinds of hype, programs, buildings, resources, all of that, but the very fabric of our society is falling apart. So as a church, we're saying, we're not going to focus on those things. We're going to focus on receiving the grace of God so that we can go out into the fabric of our society that's coming unhinged and unstitched day by day and somehow bringing wholeness to it, somehow speaking into it that, hey, let's, let's listen to Jesus. Maybe Jesus has something to say to us. Um, and, and sometimes the best way to get other people to listen to what Jesus has to say to them is if we model what listening looks like in the first place, right? That we're willing to go and listen to other people. Now, that doesn't mean that we let other people take advantage of us. I've gone and tried to model listening to other people who I'm like, man, this person needs Jesus desperately. This person's a mess. 
And I'm like, all right, they don't want to hear from Jesus, so let me just, I'm going to try to just come near them. I'm going to extend my peace and God's peace to them. Model listening. So I'm going to let them, I'm just going to listen. I'm going to listen. And then you realize, like, after a while, they don't really want to listen to anything. They just want to talk and get their way. So you know what? You know what Jesus did when he sent his disciples out? He's like, extend your peace, and if peace doesn't eventually rest back on you, just wipe the dust off your feet and go somewhere else. That's the beautiful thing. Right? We can just wipe the dust off our feet and say, I've extended peace to this person. I've tried to model listening. They have no, I have no interest in listening. Love you. See you later. I'm going to make my way over here. Uh, man, what a beautiful free way to live, guys, that we don't have to be reliant on, like, trying to acquire massive amounts of resources and buildings and programs and people and hype and everything else. But we can simply be a people receiving and then extending the grace of God. Let me invite you to turn your sheet over real quick. Um, guys, as we wrap up, um, we want to ask you, would you consider saying yes to just stepping into being a part of what we'll call Mosaic Core? Mosaic Core is really just a family of people that's saying, I'm in this. I'm in this with you. You can count on me. I'll do whatever part I can. That's all. There's no sign the dotted line. Oh, have we got a list of jobs for you now? There's none of that. It's just a, a simple yes. But I desire to partner with Mosaic and grow as one who is proclaiming Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord is the earliest confessional phrase of the church. Jesus is Lord, which means I'm not. Which means other principalities and rulers around me are not. Which means my financial situation right now and my checkbook is not. Which means that person who is rubbing me the wrong way is not. But Jesus is Lord, and I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm not going to trust myself. I'm not going to look to these other things. I'm going to trust Jesus. So do you want to partner with us and just keep growing in that? Jesus is Lord. Seeking unity within Mosaic, that we would be a community that would be quick to go to each other and extend forgiveness. That if there's a rift in, in relationships with one another, that we would be quick to fix it. That we wouldn't let stuff sit and stew. That, that, um, that you would partner with us and serve with your gifts. Um, that you would invest relationally, that you would actually want to show up here as you're able, as you can, that you would want to lean into relationships around here. You won't know everybody at Mosaic, but you can know some, but that you would want to keep investing relationally, that you would want to share your resources. All of us have different kinds of resources. Some have more resources in one kind than the other, but we would all be looking and say, what kind of resources do I have? What am I rich in, right? Bill had us ask that question last week. What am I rich in? Maybe it's your checkbook. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's just, I've got a big, caring heart, and I'm just rich in a compassionate heart. Great. What can you share? What can you share, the resource that you're rich in right now? How can you share it and give it joyfully? Um, ways to embody the life of Mosaic Core can include invest relationally in the lives of those you meet at Mosaic, grab a beverage together, participate in a Mosaic group, allow God's Spirit to produce in you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, celebrate that growth in others. Share a unique talent, passion, or calling with Mosaic and your neighbors in creative ways. Host, attend, or coordinate shared tables at your home or other location. Just be someone who's like, I'm just going to pull people together, and we're just going to pull people together and share a table together. And better yet, we'll even have some tax collectors and sinners there. Um, Not because we want to preach the gospel to them right there, but we just want to see what Jesus is going to do as we come around a table together. Pray for Mosaic. Serve within Mosaic Kids or set up teardown teams. Guys, this stuff doesn't happen in some magic way where we snap our fingers and boom, here it is. I want to so much thank our setup and teardown team who shows up here each and every week. Some of them show up once a month. Some of them here every week. Man, it's a beautiful thing, Mosaic. Can I say this? There's always room for more.
please. Set up Teardown Team Mosaic Kids. Wonderful way to meet people at Mosaic. But let me just say this. If you get an email or a text message from the setup and teardown team each week, there's a little house cleaning detail. Can you please respond to it? Even if it's, I can't help out this week, can you please take five to ten seconds and respond to it? It would help us out greatly in our planning. Okay. Just wanted to get that out there, all right? So, um, give recurring gifts. Bless others with a meal or a tangible blessing. Live as one blessed and sent to the nooks and crannies of Lincoln to share God's love. None of us can do all these, but collectively, we all can do a few, and God will work through us, Mosaic. So as we wrap up this morning, here's what we're asking. Two weeks from today, we want to celebrate all the yeses that are going to come at us and people saying, you know what, yeah, I'm, you can count on me, Mosaic. You can count on me. This is my family. This is my church. I'm going to keep moving forward with you guys. I'm invested here. Would you fill this out and, like, take a picture of it? There's directions here at the bottom. Fill it out. Take a picture of it. You don't have to do it right now. Um, Take a picture of it. Text it. Email it. Or you can go online to mosaiclincoln.com slash core. We'll be getting that out there. And you can input the fields there. We just want to know who you are. We just want to know, like, who's with us? Who's with us moving forward as we move forward? We're going to cover more of this stuff next week as we also celebrate babies, exciting God's amazing gift of new life that comes to us in babies here at Mosaic. So please come back next week if you can. Celebrate these families, these babies that are a part of our community. We'll keep talking about what it means to be this kind of community. We'll do the same thing on the 21st. But would you, by the 21st, would you let us know? And on the 21st, we're going to do something really fun together right after the service as a way of celebrating. Yes, we've got this community here willing to move forward in trustful, willing ways, participating with all God is calling us into. So I want to invite the worship team up right now. And Mosaic, as we, um, as we move to wrap up our time together, we invite you, as we normally do, to these tables up front, that you um, leave your seat and that you come and you receive the grace of God. Jesus, when he was with his disciples, knowing that he would be betrayed Um, knowing that he was being led to his death, um, took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take and eat. This cup represents the new covenant, my blood, which is for you. Take and drink. Guys, forgiveness is ours. Life is ours. Healing and restoration and wholeness is ours. Um, And Jesus, in a very powerful, tangible way, is saying, I want you to come and swallow the truth about what I think of you. doesn't get any more real than that, right? Swallow the truth of what I think about you, of what God thinks about you, and that is God loves you and welcomes you and includes you and is bringing you on a journey. So, Mosaic, let's swallow that truth this morning and let it, let it transform who you are. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for each and every person who's here, the story that they are bringing to Mosaic. God, I thank you for the way that you led my family and I here last year. I, I uh, actually remember we didn't move here in October. God, I remember actually the first Sunday of October last year, I was picking apples with my family in New York State. 
getting ready to come out here for a 10-day visit. God, I, I thank you for this beautiful community. And I pray that each and every person here would experience this to be a beautiful community where they can receive your beautiful grace, but also that they can they can practice these rhythms of grace that Jesus laid out for us, extending the grace that they're receiving, extending it to others. Thank you, God, for your love, your goodness, your grace, and we, um, we bask in it now. We pray this in your name. Amen.